kind of want to have a script, something sweet, where I was saying something along the lines of, uh, you know, hot takes on any and everything. I like that. It rolls off the tongue. But often I just want to jump in and figure it out as I go, like I'm doing right now. I didn't know what to say, and I'm explaining it to you to buy time. Welcome to another episode of Brevity Box. I always say that. Easy, automated, scripted, not original. I come to you on a day where I am stupid, happy because of food. I'm in a great mood because of food, and I want to talk about food. Food that made me think of one of my favorite places on the planet, and we'll get into that. We'll get into that because these wonderful people that join me for every episode will know a lot about what I'm talking about. I want to say hello to both of them. Mitch, I love having you here. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. I'm I'm interested in a food episode. I don't think I've actually been uh, lucky enough to talk about food on an episode before. No, I imagine we probably have talked about the tortillas. That, that, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe hi. a little bit. Hi. <laughs> yeah, hi, hi. Help me save the day one episode at a time. Also, it's Becky with that good hair making it out there living life for the rest of us who can't do it. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. <laughs> Ask me what I did all day today. Hey, oh, Becky, yeah. what did you do today? I laid on the couch and watched TV. That's living life. I feel like wow. here's where we need that. Hey! You know, like, this is like a rock and roll strum. I laid around all day. Yeah, but still. It's good to have you both here, and I know that you're going to want to hear what I have to say about food after I tell you that this wonderful podcast is brought to you by the Ruminations Radio Network and Area 42 Studios and Sound. If you would like to check out our roster of podcasts, of which we just recently added a new and interesting podcast, you should go check out our website at www.ruminationsradionetwork.com. And take the time to sample everything we've spent a lot of time and hard work creating for you guys to enjoy. Mostly headed up by the man that just said hello to you a few moments ago. So check it out. We'd love for you to come and subscribe to all of them. But if you like what we're doing here, subscribe to us right now or after we are done. Okay, back to food because I'm rambling. I, I moved away from Tucson maybe almost going on six years ago. Mitch, how long have you been away from Tucson? It's been six years since you left. I think so. It's a long time. Wow. Time flies. I think I left in uh spring of 19, 2019. So it'll be going on what, four years this spring. Wow. That's still, I didn't think it was been that long. That surprised me too. And Becky, of course you still live Tucson adjacent because you live pretty far. Yeah. But still Tucson. I mean, still Tucson, just not Tucson East, Tucson. basically. <laughs> yeah, Tucson's a big, widespread area. Now, you know, Tucson's sentimental for a lot of reasons, but I think when you're there long for a long period of time, you, or at least maybe I, took it for granted how lucky I was to have so many different high-level Mexican options. And I and I mean that even where it's Nico's, which is like a taqueria, taco shop, small place you run into and run out of, that is still incredible food. When I was there, maybe it's changed, but from that to the fancy Mexican restaurants like Minadito or places that went from a side of the road taco shop to a in-line place like Huero Canelo or any of those small joints. Did we I assume we all have our favorite Mexican restaurant. What was yours? Mitch, did you have a favorite? An absolute had to go hole in the wall, Rosa's, something like that? No, there's so many. That's too hard to to call. I mean, there's Raleigh's is, was a little bit newer right before I left. I think they were before or after your time rather. But I mean, if you you got to call it and it's like late and you've been out at the the bar or the club or you've been at a show, you know, there's nothing like Nico's. Nothing like Nico's. Nothing like Nico's, man. Like you just cannot beat it. You can't. And it's the, it's the, even if it's made quickly or if you're 
just a few items on the menu. It's like you said it perfectly. There's so many different ways to enjoy the food. And I, I think that you get spoiled by it. Becky, what's your favorite Mexican restaurant in Tucson? I don't have one. I can't Do you eat not Mexican like... food. Oh, no. Nightmare. <laughs> Gives me heartburn really, really bad. Like radiating heartburn. Feeling like I'm having a heart attack. <clears throat> but Man, what's that... Tucson is, is kind of a foodie place. It's kind of gotten recognized on the map now, right? Charlie, like it's actually now kind of a recognized foodie destination. Yeah, I would say so. Um, for the context of this, what, what I was getting at, Becky, what is a f- place that you would miss that you th- couldn't find anywhere else but Tucson, having been from the Midwest originally? Is there a place in Tucson like a, no. like for me, Mama's <laughs> Pizza was one too. She's no. bumming me out, dude. No, I'm spoiled by Chicago food. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm interested because I'm getting to we that. Yeah, Don on here then. Hmm? Yeah, like that would be a great, great yeah, conversation. He's, yeah, he's in Chicago. So the the way I was hoping to be able to bring you into this, and the reason I was asking about Mexican food is when I moved, and this is where I think you're going to relate to what the next part of this is, Becky. Even though you mm-hmm. can't eat Mexican food, which is a, a I feel like a clear demonstration of the most high level Caucasianness I've ever heard of. Like you're afflicted of, with Caucasian so much that you can't eat Mexican A lot of food. my problem though is food allergy related. So like I'm not very adventurous when it comes to like going to restaurants and everything. Like if you ask me out to a restaurant, I have to look at the menu like five or six days in advance to know that there's stuff on there that I can eat. Like, I, I, you're 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 now achieving complete capital letter wasp <laughs> levels of food <laughs> dynamics. So I'm probably like not the best person to have like food conversations with. No, 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 no. I just no. have is, a bunch of like safe that. restaurants that I go to. <laughs> but it is pretty funny. But like you said, you were spoiled by Chicago food. Okay, so mm-hmm. the, the the thing that made me want to talk about it was we moved here, and I have several funny anecdotal stories of not even being like I'm speaking a different language with what I'm trying to order at several restaurants in the area of New Orleans that have Mexican food on the sign. But when you get in, it's clearly like Tex-Mex, really Tex-Mex influenced and very much catered to their audience, which is fine. I'm not, I don't want to criticize them too hard, but when you're spoiled from being in Tucson, it has been a challenge to find a way to enjoy a food, a cuisine that I absolutely adore. And that is more complicated and more nuanced than you would ever believe if you had only eaten Mexican food here. I'm not sure if it's the same in Chicago, but here I can tell you it's been one of those several moments where I have to laugh or I would cry. Like recently we had a bunch of family come in from California and I watched my cousin do like have a, a a fit because he kept ordering a, a flauta and the guy kept bringing him a tostada and couldn't understand what he wanted. Uh, and, and, And I mean, it happened like four or five times. And then he puts his finger in the in the salsa tastes it and he goes that's pizza sauce man <laughs> he's like that's pizza sauce i don't know what you're trying to do he goes am i losing my mind and we're like laughing about it because we're telling him there's there's just nothing here that matches up you know sometimes you'll get an item that's good and you'll go with it but this is why brooke and i smuggle back tortillas and ingredients when we go to tucson and so uh, we've tried a place, a new place that opened a few months ago, and their whole approach has been, we want to introduce this city to what authentic Mexican food tastes like. And these are guys from Mexico and, and uh, near Mexico, Southwest. And I'm telling you, the first time I had a chip with salsa, I could, it, I missed all of the things in all of the different levels of Mexican food that I would have if I were living right now in Tucson. This was the first thing 
that had tasted anywhere near. It was excellent. The whole meal was excellent, but the flavors and the way it was made, I instantly knew it. And I was instantly just sort of homesick. And it just, the, it, I was incredibly satisfied and happy because I was transported to these things that I'd been away from. And like Mitch had said, spoiled by, uh, when I was living in Tucson. And so that was kind of what my question was, is being that you're spoiled from Chicago and Mitch being that you're living away from Tucson, like I am respectively, Becky, what is it that you miss in Chicago? There has to be something, but have you had something in Tucson where you got near anything and it made you think of anything at home, like Culver's and a cheese curd? I mean, Culver's, yeah. I I know it's a simple idea, but I'm saying, but I mean, there wasn't there for so long and then one randomly shows up in the desert. I literally, there was one um, that was in Casa Grande. And when I really needed Culver's, I would drive to Casa Grande. <laughs> to get, and they the, had but the cheese on. curds were something, I'm sure, that were cheese, like, yeah, cheese curds, were curds and caramel sauce. In high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, and deep I mean, yeah, that's what. And Portillo's. Yeah. And see. a Chicago dog. Those are things that if you had, if you were anywhere and you had a piece of it, it would transport you back to those things that you had yes. staples of. Right. Mm-hmm. And you miss it. And I'm is sure when you go Luke's, home, you do the same thing I do. Is that what it's called? Is it Luke's? There was one on Grant. It doesn't yeah. taste. It doesn't taste the same. It's not the same. I was. Just, that's no. what I was asking. I was yeah, curious. I've tried there, and I mean they're good, but it's just not. It's doesn't not Portillo's. Like nothing compares to that. <laughs> well, and I feel the same way about. I mean, Cajun Creole food and mm-hmm. flavors and spices. I mean, you're not going to get the same. It's not the same. I mean, all respect to the parish in Tucson. I've eaten there several times, but it's, you know, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to explain it, but it's it's just. What I really want right now and that I can't find anywhere in Tucson is a hush puppy. And I can't go to the parish because the shellfish, like a really good hush puppy. Yeah, okay. That's also, yeah, I, I, I mean, I know what you're saying there. What I mean, have you had the same struggles living in Colorado? I know that's still the West and you might have better options, but have you had the same search for good Mexican food to fill the, the void? Well, Can you find a taqueria that serves a breakfast burrito like Nico's no, or something? No, not yeah, okay. even. I, can't. Like, I don't have any of many things. There's a base, you know, there's a foundation upon which all things are created when it comes to food. Like Becky... I, I imagine, but can't say, so tell me, with a deep dish Chicago pizza, I mean, it, it's got to start with the crust, right? Correct. If that's wrong, then the whole thing's wrong. Yes. That's, the that's what I was saying. And the sauce. And the, and the sauce? Yeah. So that's what tortillas are like with, mm-hmm. with the Mexican food, I feel. Yes. And yes. in Tucson, like, there's a particular, there's particular yeah. tortillas. Like you were saying, you smuggle them out there. We just had a buddy up here visiting for New Year's and uh, Christmas, and he, I told him specifically, dude, when you come up, you bring, bring tortillas. And he laughs. I'm like, I'm not messing around. Like, last <laughs> couple times true. you visited, you did not bring tortillas. Bring them tortillas. Yeah, yeah. And no joke, it was like four dozen tortillas, and that was barely enough. So um, yeah. I actually sent a picture into the Discord, too. Like, if you look at this picture, the tortilla is actually wrapped around a fork to further demonstrate how crucial it is to the meal as a food delivery device. You can't yes. enjoy Mexican food without a good tortilla. It's wrong. It's wrong. And that's what I'm dealing with up here. It's like they've never, they've never had tortillas up here. Like, it's sad. It it's does not. make you sad. It makes you sad. <laughs> and, you, sad. <laughs> and you get conditioned. You, I mean, I got, I've been so conditioned here that I went, I kind of spazzed out and started talking to, <laughs> I ended up talking to the chef of this little place for like half an hour. And he's, you know, he's explaining that he felt the same way, like a couple of the restaurants. It was really fun for me to mention a couple of names of local restaurants that he would just th- like go off on like I was, you know, that they didn't know what they were doing. And he was still trying to be nice about how their menu got to where it was. But he's he was it was entertaining. I mean, it was it it really made me homesick and I could not. It made my life better. 
to feel like I can go back. I have one place. Yeah. I found water in the desert, so to speak, you know, like I have one place I can go and get a decent Mexican meal. You know, and no, no disrespect to the chefs and the restaurants trying to replicate. Sometimes it's out of your control. Like apparently in New York, the water there has something to do with the bagels. Yes. And the pizza dough. Yeah. And the pizza dough. It's like, you just can't do it somewhere else because of that. So, I mean, that's, that's fine. But yeah, once you get that hankering for something that's from where you were from or where you really know it, yeah, it's hard to beat. Like when you go back home, like I plan the restaurants I'm going to eat at. Like all my favorite places, I'm like, I have to go here, 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 and here. (laughs) And it's not a good trip unless I get to all of them. (laughs) And you always come back just feeling awful about how much you put away. (laughs) Yeah. I I am so glad. I feel less guilty now hearing that. And so shout out to to places like um what bison witches in Tucson. Whenever oh, we go back yeah. to Tucson, gotta hit bison witches. So, so yeah, there's those places you have to go and the only do it the, that way there, you know. It's true. It's true. And it and I think it it could be anything. I think the reason it stood out to me is I you don't realize how diverse, like I know that Tucson has become a foodie location and it has, you're absolutely right. And I mean, one of my favorite Indian restaurants on the planet is there. Uh, Another place I on the list when I go back to Tucson is to go there, but just thinking of the different types of Mexican food and, and I mean, there's a sponsor. Come on. What? (laughs) Shout them out. (laughs) We get a sponsor. (laughs) Oh, oh, Saffron. <laughs> hey, listen, the the people at Saffron, uh, if you if I'm really going down, I'm going to say it like this. <laughs> I was there when that place opened and happened to be friends with somebody who was uh, uh, painfully British. And he had just so much knowledge about Indian food because it's such a staple there. And we had an impact on that menu and growing that menu to some super small extent, but it feels amazing to see that these meals that we were asking them to make are now staples on the menu. It's very popular. It's always good and always prepared well. And it's just a beautiful environment just right there on North Oracle. You can't miss it. Look it up. Saffron, you'll love it. <laughs> tell them, tell them uh, Charlie from Brevity Box sent you. They'll know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I mean, back Sound to the like Mexican thing. <laughs> yeah, listen. And use right. my code I, triple I would, C yeah. for ten percent off on your next <laughs> triple C with two forks. Yeah, that. Um, I just was blown. You know, I I really had a moment that I didn't expect. That's good. I I didn't expect it because I, I the cities just failed me on that level so much that getting to a place where I was actually oh my god was just a, it made me think about how spoiled I was exactly what you started with Mitch, which is funny. Cause that's exactly where my mind was is I just hadn't, I always describe it as different levels of like, if I want a Sonoran hot dog, I'll go to Huero Canelo. If I want a, a breakfast burrito, I always went to Nico's a late night after a club. Like you said, Nico's was always there. Uh, and then like, if my parents came into town, I would take them to mosaic or Minadito or, you know, little places that are classics, but I didn't re- you don't realize how many options you have. And then you go somewhere like New Orleans, sorry, New Orleans for everything you do. There are some good places, but for the most part, you're all failing. You're wrong. You're terrible. And you shouldn't be doing it that way. Go and listen to these guys. We were at La, La Tia Cantina for anyone coming to New Orleans. If you want to go to a place that'll just impress the shit out of you with incredibly friendly people and great food. That was that was my experience today. I, I I think it would be the same as if Becky happened to find the one, you know, deep dish Chicago style pizza in Tucson. It's certainly not at Uno's. I remember when that place opened up. Ugh. Or um, oh, what's the other one that has the Bellinis? I don't know. Was I was that after I left? No, it's been here a long time. It's like an Italian restaurant on Speedway. And they have the Bellinis that you can only have two of. I can't think of the name. Yeah, I can't think of the name. Mitch, anything? Ring any bells? 
doesn't at all, but I'm wishing that I could somehow send Becky a blue pan pizza. I know like we were just, just saying that you can't replicate things, but just only, you know, sometimes it's only in the town from whence something comes like, but there's this place up here called blue pan and I'd like to get your opinion on it. Wonderful. Maybe I'll come up there and visit. Yeah. Visit, have some blue pan and tell me how it's not quite good enough. Yeah, I'm getting this like Becky. Would you? I was about to ask if you were a pizza snob, man. I'm serious. Pizza snob. In Tucson, we've been to. um, It's right off like Sixth and Sixth and Sixth. Anello. Yes, they were okay. <laughs> Best pizza in Tucson. The only place for a thin crust that I actually like really enjoyed was like I think it was called 1912. Oh, yeah, right there on Speedway. Cool. Yeah. 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 Oregano's. Wow. That's the one. That's the name of the Bellini place. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I never liked oregano's. Isn't that kind of like an Olive Gardeny kind of? I thought kind it was. Of, yeah, kind of, but they they claim to have like Chicago deep dish there and it's nothing nothing like it. Yeah, I'm sure you just So I what like, did you smuggle back from Chicago? Pizzas? Um, I snuggle back pizzas and I smuggle back <laughs> this restaurant called Beefaroo. Um, they have <laughs> the best chicken tenders. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I want to take a moment. Hang on, hang on. Pause, 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 pause. I want to take a moment and enjoy the words from that sentence. Be a rue. Listen, I mean, think about this. One of my favorite restaurants is called Beef a Rue, and they have the best chicken tenders. And really that's good the, roast beef sandwiches. Yeah, I know, but the Beef a Rue and the best chicken tenders it just made me laugh. That's a juxtaposition. <laughs> You know where to get the best chicken on the planet? Where? Beef for real. <laughs> it's fantastic. And then for a long time until like you could until like Portillo's made it possible, I would smuggle home Portillo's meat. Um, but now you can order it online. So <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, that's gotta be that is a that is a Midwest thing to name things like that, beef and it sounds delicious, by the way. It, and it, and it's it. a small, it's like, it's only in Rockford, Illinois. And every beefaroo has a different theme. So, like, there's Northwoods beefaroo and the beefaroo that looks like the fire station and the 50s diner beefaroo. I mean, this, this is like a whole other planet. The Midwest <laughs> is, it's just as crazy as it is down here. Right That's for deep fun. South Creole, it's these crazy things like <laughs> the beef. The Northwoods, the, the Northwoods one was literally right by our high school, and that's where we would go after school to eat like dinner before like sports practice. It's a cool name, Chicken Tenders from Beefaroo. You're gonna have to introduce me. No, someday. chicken, chicken. This was my meal there: chicken tenders with they had the best barbecue sauce, um, a large cheese fry. And then they made like different handmade shakes, and it was a Jamoka milkshake. It was so good. <laughs> Sounds really good. Amazing. Sounds filling. And then they had like different flavors of milkshakes that you could get to. Like they were very interesting milkshakes, but they were all really good. When you did school, where did you go? Oh. When I ditched, yeah. we would go up to Harvard. And take the train <laughs> to different areas of Chicago and get drunk on the train. So like Ferris Bueller without Ferris Ferrari. Bueller. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we would play Hey Mister. And there was always this homeless bum that would buy us booze on the train. We'd give him like 50 bucks. And we'd get drunk sneaky, on the train. Sneaky, sneaky, mm-hmm. sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. I like that question. How about you, Mitch? Where did you sneak off to? Oh, I never snuck off from school. Is that for real? Your angel. No. <laughs> I was about to say. I was like, I yeah. take like the <laughs> Well, I was in a, a teeny little, you know, what, like 3,500 people small town. So it wasn't sneaking off to trains or going to cool restaurants. It's like going to the lake and, or you know, do, doing a stupid 
hillbilly hick things, you know. So there wasn't like a place particularly. Those are the best things to do, though. Sometimes go in like swinging off their rope swings into the lake. (laughs) Yeah, I wish it was as cool as that, but it was. It wasn't. It was uh, nothing like that. Watch, watch for bodies in the lake. Was that more? Yeah, kind of a little bit like that. Yeah, we'd go to whenever there was like a fight after school. We'd go to the the fight would be at a place called the Dirt. It was just this part of the road that kind of veered off to the side and had a little bit of empty, no grass, nothing like no shoulder. It was called the dirt. So then we'd go there. We, you feel like yeah, you guys see a lot of, was your high school filled with a lot of activity like that? Did you see a lot of fights? Yeah. Bike racks kind of stuff. I have my favorite fight from my high school, like etched into my brain. Well, God, the, don't hesitate. Tell okay. me more. Yeah. Um, and so, you pause. <laughs> like, um, yeah, so it was this kid. His name was Russ, and he had a punchable face. I'll, I'll <laughs> give credit where credit is due. Um, <laughs> and I don't remember who the other kid was. I don't remember his name. All I remember was we were in our cafeteria, which was called the Commons, and we were standing there, and this kid walks up, takes his – jays off like just takes his jays off his shoes punches russ in the face like so hard russ just starts profusely bleeding from the face picks his jays up and walks out of school and we never saw that kid again ever what (laughs) to this day it's my favorite fight at our school (laughs) for a minute i thought you were gonna go to this day he's still walking with i I don't i don't like I said, I don't remember his name because we never saw him again. And then there was another fight where one of the girls on our cheer team beat up another girl with her pom-poms. And she had little, like, pom-pom cuts on her face. It was freaking great. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I loved uh, my school. You're, you're, you're recalling your high school days of fighting. Pretty funny. That's, that's, uh, I don't know that I've ever seen one that – not in high school. I don't. I don't know. Uh, how about were big fights? Were fights a big deal at your school, Mitch? Or were they all? How did it handle in, in a city that this, the way you described the small country setting? I mean, did it? How did it go down there? Have you ever seen the movie Footloose? It's <laughs> just a dance off. <laughs> it's either a dance off or a tract a game of tractor chicken. Oh, um, yeah. I love that. Chicken. <laughs> it was a it was a different time back then, man. People getting fights and no one got sued. And no one got. You know, but uh, I'm tempted, maybe on another episode we can feature uh, embarrassing stories, but I'm tempted to tell you a story of a fight, but I'm going to just leave it out there. Just kind of like tantalizing tease. Keep them wanting more. (laughs) Yeah, keep them wanting more. Keep them coming back. Hey, if you're enjoying what you hear, come back. You never know when that story might drop. I so badly wanted to drop right now. (laughs) 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 Wow. Uh, Yeah, I. you know, I, I don't think, I saw a lot of, crazy fights and i was in a few crazy fights i don't think i remember anything quite as funny as somebody beating up a, a girl beating up another girl with pom-poms yeah no i don't remember a pom-pom assault i i do remember in college we went to puerto penasco and we were in a bar and one of the girls that was in a couple and they were you know already planning to get married they've been together for a long time and she was a softball player like collegiate level softball player really pretty really smart but just obviously an athlete and some you know really petite girl was just mouthing off and flirting with a boyfriend and getting drunk and we were all at a bar in mexico and this athletic full i mean scary person because of her athleticism just walked up and single-handedly knocked out this annoying tiny woman (laughs) with one punch and my horrible horrible first reaction was i couldn't stop laughing (laughs) i mean the girl didn't there was no blood in my story that she just went down like a sack of potatoes but it was just one of those things I never would have expected to see. And I almost was like, wow, that form was amazing. Like, I almost wanted to compliment her on her punch. It was so perfectly thrown. <laughs> but it made me laugh. It just, the whole th- setting made me laugh because that 
there was a bar with a like a a mechanical bull. I think I might have told a story in the past where I was so drunk that I tried to ride a mechanical bull and I headbutted the bull and passed out. <laughs> <laughs> you know when it goes up on its like humps and stuff and oh you're like riding God. it like oh <laughs> yeah it was that far we were and it was going faster and faster and i'm holding on and i'm swinging my arm like i'm john travolta and urban cowboy and this thing came up on me so fast and i full-on smashed my face right into the front of that bull I might exchange two or three years of my life if I had a video of that. I, know. I wish there <laughs> was a video of that. And I quickly, and the thing, I'm telling you, this thing at that point was moving so fast that the minute I headbutted it, I flew off of this thing like a solid three feet. <laughs> I was out for I don't know how long. And I mean, I had a bit, you could tell, it looked like I got hit in the face with a wall. It was hilarious. <laughs> that was so, not the story I was expecting. <laughs> never is. Yeah. Never is. That, but that's when I think of an entertaining fight. Was this oh. woman knocking out another woman clean and me headbutting a mechanical bill and losing that fight? So I lost that fight. I was it. <laughs> I think that's a good story to take a moment, take a break on, and we'll be back to move on in our conversation. Enjoy the mental imagery of me passing out after headbutting a mechanical bull. We'll be right back. You've been listening to another fine, fine podcast on the Rumination Radio Network. This is Game Agent ET from Oh God, It Hurts! And we hope you keep on listening to our fine, fine podcast here on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Welcome back to that show. We hope you enjoyed your break and the message in between. I'm going to move on from my stories of crazy food. <laughs> Becky's wonderful amazement at her fond fighting stories from high school. And uh, also, good. I have They're questions <laughs> about pizza in Colorado. But I could not help but think of Mitch, and Mitch knows where I'm going to go with this, because I did happen to catch a little uh, heads up on my news feed, and it is the title of this episode, because I just can't wait to hear what Mitch has to say in response to this. And it all started with a band you probably have never heard of so <laughs> i'm sorry this is how this starts already so i happen to see on social media one of the things that was trending on one of them that i'm not on but every now and then i catch a headline this gentleman out there in the world says few days shy of 50 and when i ask my super goth 13 year old what they're listening to they tell me it's a band i probably don't know called <laughs> The cure. Let's uh, let's let that <laughs> sink in there for a second. <laughs> now, along let that with, marinate a little bit. Let that marinate here, and then we're gonna let it go on. Now, underneath in this article, they have several examples of you know somebody in their forties or fifties complimenting uh, a shirt that somebody's wearing that's also from The Cure. And then that causing that person wearing the shirt, that young person wearing the shirt to feel like they had to get rid of it. Or what? the funniest one, one of my undergraduate students walked in wearing a t-shirt. I looked up quickly and said, what does your shirt say? She said, oh, it's really, it's a really old band. I don't want to say the name because it's awkward. Sex Pistols. The old awkward band was the sex pistols <laughs> and the response was who listens to the sex pistols and finds saying sex p- pistols awkward i feel they might have missed the whole point of the band <laughs> <laughs> okay and of course i will end on this bit where someone's teen daughter and her girlfriend tried to explain the rocky horror picture show to this woman and her husband who clearly i mean i think Becky, there had to be people you knew who went to midnight showings of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh uh, yeah, I did. My brother uh, I did. did. Yeah, absolutely, all of us. Then, mm-hmm. great. Who dressed up? Anybody? Any- I did. Yeah. As Magenta. Um, I would love pictures. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rocky Horror is, is it? I don't. You know, I mean, I, none of us have kids. 
but this uh this is crazy to that me. We and know Mitch, of. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, we, <laughs> yeah, that we know of. <clears throat> Mitch, does yeah. uh, please explain the chords this strikes with you. I can't. I can't. But you have I, to. I, no, but I don't have to, and I don't know where to begin, and I feel bad because you know you're excited about this topic, and it just I sends am. me spiraling in a million different directions of disgust and sadness and I don't know even where to begin with that man like I really I really don't like there's a disgust with with kids saying something as ignorant as that and there's also like a certain amount of appreciation for the fact that hey at least some of these kids out there are listening to their fathers you know that that gives me hope um it gives me hope it does it gives me hope somebody's listening somebody they're digging as well they should as well they should but I don't, I, you got to give me a little more direction because I am just going to flounder because mostly I'm just feeling old and disgusted. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't, what? No, I mean, I, I think the thing is, I never come away with things like this feeling particularly old. No, um, no, I guess not. Yeah. But I, I, I do. I mean, like, it does give me hope that that music is there to be discovered and that people are finding it and enjoying it. Right, I, I can't really put my finger on on everything. It makes me that it's uh, yeah, ma- that it's good. It makes me feel good about several on several different levels. Part of those, part of that is I don't know some some affirmation that at the time when I heard it, I felt like it was timeless, and you don't oh, really yes. well. But so the, this is sort of a weird feeling of joy about it that being affirmed, uh, less so through like t-shirts it's not so much the shirts oh, yeah, the right like me man like that that's a hard one for me right like that's i still feel like um that's a little bit of like i guess when it's branding i'm more suspicious sure you know what i mean i, I guess that's where i get more um i don't know about snooty i don't know if i'm um pizza snob levels of snooty on, well, our boy on, Mr. A likes to reference this T-shirt co- uh, controversy on numerous occasions. Has mentioned the the Iron Maiden thing, like, in, and there are some great videos on YouTube where interviewers are asking people, "Hey, name three songs of the band that, that you know you've got that shirt on. Name three of their songs," and they can't do it. And yeah. these kids have got the Nirvana smiley face shirt, and they they don't know Nirvana. They weren't, you know. And I don't know, man. Like, I I'm glad that they're going back and hearing some of this stuff. But to be so bold is to to be shocked that their parents listened to it or to think that it's something that their parents had never heard of. That's just that's where I do disconnect from the younger generation. I never acted that way with my dad when I'm listening to Hendrix, you know, like, oh dad, don't worry about it. You never heard of this guy. His name is Jimi Hendrix. Like, <laughs> like you never heard of this band <laughs> doors, dad. Don't worry about it. You know, so I don't know. That's just I and I'm, plus I'm I like positive that's out there for the for bands like that we would love. Like, I'm sure we're for every uncool, straight laced, yuppified, former goth loving dad. That's turning 50. That has a, a daughter or son that's listening to the cure and thinks they're just too crusty and uncool and have never been able to enjoy something like that. I'm sure there's a dad out there. Who's like, come with me. And like, <laughs> and brings his kid into the like you know into the dungeon of his basement where it's just obvious the yeah. the you know what I mean? It's like that moment. I don't know if you guys watch Malcolm in the Middle, where where Hal just looks at his son and says, "Once you begin this, you cannot be it cannot stop. It will go on forever." I feel like that kind of talk happens. I don't know what that's in reference to, but I feel that. It's, it's there was a, a show called Malcolm in the Middle that was yeah Brian Cranston played the dad Hal and they would have great moments of camera work and in this moment this kid wants to learn something wants his dad to show him something and everything around them gets super close up the tone changes everything in the background is, gets blacked out where all you see is their faces and. Brian Cranston is is going into this very almost uh preview of of Heisenberg kind of tone of his voice gets super <laughs> serious and says, you know, once you begin this journey, it cannot be stopped. There is no quitting. And the kid's like, and he's like, Are you sure you want to begin this? And he's like, 
yes he goes okay and then he slaps right back into goofy hal and goes on i feel like that's the kind of moment somewhere hopefully someone's having before being brought into his dad's like 30 year old fandom of great music it's the only reason i would have children i know that sounds really crazy but even when i was younger i never wanted kids but right now like i in at my age i'm like the only reason for me to have kids is to try and teach them the ways to jump this is the way this is this is, let me show you and that would be the only reason is to give them a cool name dye their hair purple and introduce them to the cure and that's about it that's the only and reason I- to have kids <laughs> that single only reason mm-hmm. i i wonder you know i wonder if if there's a real need for someone to almost be a translator for what the lyrics and the music meant at the time that they came out versus somebody who's born in 2000 and how they would interpret it that's not a bad observation thought experiment exercise because a lot of it probably is complete gobbledygook to them as far as behind the music to come back (laughs) now that's a good way to angle for a sponsor (laughs) 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 give us your 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 30 second sale on behind the music hosted by becky with the good hair i don't know i just love that show i did too i learned a lot I learned a lot about like where the artists were coming from. I think and it's also a fair making point. the video. That was a great show too. But I think it's a fair point. Like how how else are you gonna know what that audience understood that music to mean? I wonder I wonder what that would mean. That would be one of the questions I would want to ask an artist from that era. You know, I mean whoever it be, Smith or Morrissey or any of them, I would want to know if they felt or how they felt their music was being interpreted or those lyrics are being interpreted or digested now versus when they came out. Well, like any, not to put too grandiose a point on it, but like with any poetry or art, like that definition changes with time, the interpretation changes. So yeah, you you do wonder what the artists think and you have different perspectives from artists. Some of them have a particular uh, desire for it to mean this. This is what it means and that's it. And then others let it go once they finished it and put it out to the world. They understand that it's going to be taken in different ways. And I, that that's a good question. I would like to, to have that. I was just listening to uh, one of my favorite of albums of all times, Faith No More's Angel Dust. It's wow. so good from beginning to end and it's chaotic and frenetic. And I wonder often whether or not kids today or, you know, would have any idea what was coming at them if they listened to this. And um, I, I don't know, this, I feel like they're missing something today. That's, but that's just an old man yelling at a cloud kind of thing. I don't know, man. I feel like that it's, it's, it feels very uh, like there's something in me that makes me, think of how they would tell you in prehistory stories would be told like and the, the there you know it conjures up some image of uh you know the the small tribe sitting around the fire while the older wise tribesman with the cane is like talking about that one time he heard this song and <laughs> you know and this is how it went and this is what it meant and it was supposed to pass on the story through ages and lore kind of cool. thing Oh, don't even get started on that. But it does seem like that. I mean, I hadn't thought about it before, but it does seem like that would be an interesting discussion to hear. Like in in terms of where we started between that father who, I wonder where that conversation went. When when it's like, you know, that at 13, that's pretty precocious and probably totally sick of her dad. I don't know if that's too young. Becky is... A 13-year-old girl sick of her dad just wants to be left alone? Or is... Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so you can imagine that girl's being like, whatever, you probably... That's your dad, person. God. <laughs> it doesn't say anything about being a girl. It doesn't, it doesn't say that that's a daughter, the cure one. That's that true, it doesn't. Come on now. It could be, it could be, it could be, 100%. I'm not. I'm not genderizing the story. But, but here's but my I, question, though, with that, though, with the whole thing, if, with with them saying it's some band you probably never heard of, you know, is that kid actually even getting kind of maybe to your point, Charlie? Are they getting the full experience of the Cure streaming them on Spotify? 
And I say definitively no. Because they're not listening to the full album. They're not listening to the full album. It's all out of context. Almost guaranteed. Yeah. An album is context. And they're not chasing down the B-sides. They're not going to their local record store trying to find the Japanese import of The Cure's Wish. That's not happening. And they are missing an integral part of that experience because of it. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. And you're right. They're listening to Spotify, the This Is The Cure uh, like collection, and it's just a, yeah. it's based on votes. Yeah, right? it's based on upvotes. This is the most popular cure. This is the, the third most. It might be the best song is down on like the ninth or tenth because yeah. of popularity and or not on there at all because it's a B side that that wasn't released on an album, so it's not you know readily available on on their their algorithm generated playlists. Yeah, you're probably yeah. I, I I have no reason to disagree with anything you're saying. I don't even know what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> no, I think you're <laughs> that, that, that the kid, that people who are discovering it are missing some part, which is maybe not context. their fault. But it's yeah. not. I don't think it is. Right? It's not their fault. So yeah, they can't help it. It's, it's still kind of funny boy. though, right? That those those goth. I don't even know if goth means the same thing anymore. Oh, I, mean, I saw Wednesday. It means the same thing. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so thank you for that really smooth and buttery transition into this because I do want to hit this up. Now, Becky, you said you watched Wednesday, right? I haven't finished it yet. Okay, okay. So no spoilers. I, I admit I'm a uh I'm on episode eight. So I don't know how many episodes there are in the season, but I've seen plenty. And I, 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 I've been wanting to talk a little bit about my issue with it because everybody's in love with it. I think we got to start, Mitch, you're the, the most truly goth of all of us. We must start with you. I need mm -hmm. to feed off of your energy about Wednesday. Mm -hmm. It's a fun goth Harry Potter show. It's just, it's, it's not exceptional, but it's vaguely entertaining. I feel like they kind of missed some of the points of the Adams family. If you really want to, Yes, you know, I do too. To, yeah, like it, brass tacks. I mean, there's there's a certain joylessness that's in this Wednesday show that is not present in the. You, you know, when when Morticia and Gomez show up, there's a, a little twinkle of that, and no disrespect. Well, maybe some disrespect to Jenna. I don't. I don't know. But her portrayal of Wednesday, while everyone else is fawning over it, lacks a certain amount of comedic value that the original had, and that's okay because we we need to be able to laugh at ourselves. So yeah, great show. She does a, a a good job. It was there's a lot writing. Like that's a big ask to have her play Wednesday. Anybody really, but honestly, is that dude as smooth as Gomez should be? No. You know, like no. if he he gets uh, Morticia, he needs to be smooth, motherfucker. You know, like, and I don't feel like that guy could have pulled Morticia. I, no. <laughs> I have hundred percent agree. He couldn't have love that guy. Hold Morticia. <laughs> I've got to do. I feel like giving you like a really manly fist bump when you say things like that. I really just want to be like, yeah, bro. He couldn't have pulled that shit. I know it. Yeah, and I mean, I I think we agree. I think Becky agrees that that there's no way that dude is pulling that girl. Not oh, at all. Hell yeah. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, Raul Julia. Yeah, was he's great. Perfect as yeah. as Gomez, and then um, it was uh, Ashton, uh, or Aston. It was uh, a, that was the original actor. That's um, Rudy, the kid who played Rudy, or the or or Sean Aston's dad. Sean, yeah, Sean Aston's dad, but I can't remember what Papa Aston's name was. Um, but that those characters stuck out in my mind, and they this that he does not. I don't know where that comes from other than to say I had seen some images of an animated Adams family that I think they were trying to model after. Yeah. But oh, yeah. I don't, I, I didn't watch that and I don't, I'm vaguely aware of it. Oh, don't watch yeah. it. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, I don't, don't know how it. I feel about the kindergartenification. I, I made that word up right now um, of like it goth stuff you know i'm i'm glad that you get introduced at a young age and i'm not saying it all has to be like super doom and gloom but i don't i don't know 
like is Scooby Doo goth? You know, it's like it, it seems like it's almost like ooh. bubblegum meets Nickelodeon. Gum. It's like bubblegum. It's like bubblegum pop. It's like yeah, uh, it Avril Lavigne and the, the Sex Pistols. Speaking of the Sex Pistols, you know, it's like mm, there's like bubblegum punk, and then there's Black Flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're 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 on to I can't say it better than that because that's a lot of how I felt. I don't like I don't I like that actor and I liked him in Boogie Nights and whatnot. And he's a funny guy. I would have never in a million years thought of him as Gomez Adams. And I think there is a a debonair, suave element missing yeah. from from that Gomez okay. that it just isn't isn't there, which you know, okay, fine. But Wednesday herself, like you said. There's, it may have been uh, 90s, and sometimes so, some of the criticism that I agree with you on, I think, is the writing. And Brooke and I were commenting about this when we we're watching the episode. It's, there are moments where it feels like she's, I, I don't know how to explain how Christina Ricci's Wednesday came off more natural. Like the line I was thinking of is when, in when she's going to camp in the sequel and she goes, Oh, I'll play the victim. That blonde girl says that. And and Wednesday's <laughs> response is the rest of your life. Like that yes. Yes. is, yeah. that's, that's that fit that Wednesday character. Whereas in this one, in it's not like that. It's not written that well. It's always like they're at the mouth of the cave. And she's like, if, you hear me screaming and wailing. I might just be having a good time. Sounds forced. It sounds like mm-hmm. a kid going, you want to see how dark I am? Check this yeah. out. Yeah. And that's the part where they lose me. Like there's times where they're getting me in. Like you believe it. You believe she's just that way. That's who she is. But the, uh, there's this weird flex sort of thing that that character does when she just randomly says things that are, like oh i'm tough if or i can you know it's just not as smooth as the rest of your life the way that that came off even something kitschy like are they made of real girl scouts yeah was this sort of snidey (laughs) sharp like i like just fucking with people whereas Mm -hmm. in this one i feel like that's like you said bubble gummy and like really almost jumping the shark over the top silly stuff i don't know why she's saying it and it totally loses me. So, I mean, that's, like you said, mildly entertaining. I'll be into the show, and then something comes around, and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, there's yeah. Wednesday saying how fucking dark she is. Okay. You know, whereas <laughs> I never I never lost that form of the character. Now, the real question is... We got made fun we- of for dancing like that, you know? Like, it, you know, get hassled and... I don't know. It's just, and now all of a sudden the whole world loves it. Like, come on. Well, once Lady Gaga is doing it on, yeah, on TikTok or Instagram, you've 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 reached a, a publicity benchmark. I guess there's a certain amount of validation in being like, see, the whole world who was talking shit about us and giving us a hard time, now y'all love our our our, our style. Mm, yeah. Well. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, that's this is where it's going to be the mainstream. Yeah. That that's got to tear you up. Try not to be bitter. I try not to be bitter. I'm just just <laughs> grin and be glad that they're joining the ranks. It's gonna be so funny. In 20 years, you're gonna be walking in somewhere. Somebody's gonna see you wearing an Aussie T-shirt, all black, docks, long hair, and they're gonna go, "What are you dressed? You going to the bank or something? You work at the bank?" <laughs> <laughs> and you're gonna be like, "What?" That's an interesting, you know, get the opposite perspective for you, Becky, because, I mean, obviously you were like pro sports cheerleader captain. Like, what was your view of goth kids and how do you see you think it's different from your perspective now seeing the ones now that are into Wednesday and whatnot? Do you think it's bubblegum compared to what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But in high school, I loved all the goth kids. They were my friends. They were some of the nicest people I've ever met. They were, and they some introduced of my best me friends to some cool music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding, Maggie. I, was, I know, I know you're for real. I just had to say it. It was too funny. <laughs> no, I just, I, I do agree with the bubblegumness of it these days. But 
yeah, back in the day, I used to really like those kids. They were fun. Well, they were genuine. I think I was yeah. drawn to them. Um, you know, that that group of friends that I had, I think I was drawn to them because they were authentic comparatively to where, you know, you grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in high school wise. I went into high school in Dallas. So it's a lot of fronting. You know, it's a lot of people trying to kind of fit in with their cliques. And I guess that's normal for a lot of high schools. Yeah. I don't know about every high school, but um, the goth kids that I knew, you know, a few cat, you know, a few of that, those cliques, I guess, is goth punks. Um, some athletes were just kind of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I could roll between those people. It was kind of my, my, my feel for it. So, yeah, it's weird to see it. Um, it's weird to see it. So, like I said, when I see a Nirvana t-shirt, I'm kind of like, that was probably more what makes me feel old or maybe hearing a a song that I thought was really hard and being used in some sort of gap ad or, or car rental commercial or something. It, that'll, that'll sometimes get me off course too. But the, the comments on the music, like, I don't know what I would do if I walked in and somebody said, your clothes are giving me real Wednesday vibes. I'd, <laughs> uh, yeah i'd have a hard time i'd be twitchy to that person they're they're all it's all good natured and I, I i appreciate it. and they all recognize too um you know i wear all black every day and they're, they're like do you ever wear any other colors i'm like no why what, what, what do you mean i don't understand what is there other colors i don't know but they they get it and it becomes kind of like a almost a joke like not a not a serious like laugh at me joke but it becomes like that's they understand that's just my that's my identity that's who i am uh, so it's not offensive they you know they're just for them it's like we were talking earlier with the bands like it's when they've been introduced to it it's not really their fault they're younger it's the first time they've seen something like that so then even though they'd seen me in the coat prior to the release of wednesday then they wednesday comes out and then they're like oh you're giving me Wednesday vibes, it, it, but that's also that generation with that word vibes. I don't know. I'm gonna. Add I shit. like vibes. I'm a, I'm a, I'm in that vibes group. I know. I like using that. That's cool. That's cool. No, but I'm I'm with you. I know it's not them doing any harm. It's just I don't know how I would respond to it at at first. I don't know if I'd be kind of like, like I said, I don't know if it would Nirvana T-shirt me. It, it, it made me giggle. Be, I get. I on, on, to be completely honest, I I was like, <laughs> okay, it was just cute. And it amused me. I think I've gotten luckily enough gotten to that point where it just amuses me. Um, yeah. And then I don't cry anymore about thinking about high school and I'd go to the school with like black lipstick and get hassled. Those days are behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a safe place now. I'm in a safe place now. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I was just thinking, uh, if if they ask you if you never wear any other color, go in my mind. I'm wearing every color all the time. It's That's just not black. <laughs> oh, well, and, I know I've learned my lesson after a couple of times now that if I say goodbye first, <laughs> I'm going to have a hard time getting someone to also say goodbye. So I'm not saying it this time. I'm not saying it first. We've we've done our hour. It's time for us to move on. And we want to thank everybody because we don't know if you're going to like what we're talking about, but I assume that you can identify with everything that we're saying, whether you were a goth kid who can't believe people don't think you know what band The Cure is, or whether you're identifying to just... Uh, a Chicago style pizza or an amazing birria taco that blew your mind today. You know, it's just those wonderful things that bring us together and make us feel like we're all able to relate to what we're going through. We hope you had a good time listening to what we had to say. I want you to come back and listen to us again. Again, don't forget to check us out on our website at www.ruminationsradionetwork.com and see you on the next episode becky would you like to say bye mitch i'm getting out of the way i'm saving mine for last bye yes my may he of the smeared red lipstick bless your dark dark thoughts 
I really like that one too. Yeah. See you on the next episode of Brevity Box. It is deep. I can't say anything to top that. I'm going to let him say bye from now on. We'll see you on the next episode, guys. Thanks. Bye.